0: Guys, and welcome back to That's Insane, a podcast where I talk about murder, medicine, and maybe more, but most definitely more because there's a lot of weird shit out there. My name is Aurelia, and I am your host. Today, we do have a true crime story. This is a story that I think about pretty much all the time. It also was one of the first stories that I told on TikTok that got quite a few views, so I thought I would redo it with a lot more information because this story is just truly amazing. And this is actually a survivor story. So, with that being said, this is the case of Mary Vincent, if you know, you know. I do want to give a trigger warning that this story does include rape. So if that is something that triggers you, then I do not recommend this episode. This, honestly, is probably one of the more uh, brutal that I've covered so far. I'm actually trying to think of the ones that I've covered. I don't want to say more brutal. It's just one of the more, like, it's just fucked up. Like it's, you'll, And you'll see. If you don't know the story... This is a ride. Um, my sources cuz I always forget at the end are Wikipedia, all that's interesting, ranker, criminally intrigued, Alcatron, upi.com and uh law.justia which I think is like the actual like case court case document. So those are my my sources. Mary Vincent was one of seven children, and she lived with her parents in Las Vegas, Nevada Nevada. I don't think I've ever said Nevada in my life. Nevada do I say Nevada in las Vegas, Nevada No I don't know anyway the she grew up in las Vegas. Father worked as a mechanic, and her mother was a blackjack dealer. The two actually met when they were serving in the military. Unfortunately, her parents went through a very bad divorce, which subsequently led to Mary running away when she was 15 years old with her boyfriend for a short period. During this time, her and her boyfriend slept on the streets or inside unlocked cars. The, all that interesting article states that her boyfriend was then arrested for raping a teenage girl, um, and following this, she hitchhiked to her grandfather's home in Corona, California. Everywhere I look, there's a different story. Some saying she left with her boyfriend, then to her grandfather's. Others saying that she went to her uncle's first, so I'm not really sure. Um, But she did hitchhike to her grandfather's home in Berkeley, California. Now, wait a damn minute. Okay. (laughs) See, okay. Again, all right. Uh, she, she hitchhiked to her grandpa's home in 1978. Eventually, she did become homesick and decided to hitchhike back to Las Vegas. Now, I also saw that she was trying to hitchhike to her grandfather's house and not back home. So, I really don't have any idea. On the I Survived episode, though, I'm pretty sure she was hitchhiking from her grandpa's back home. We're off to a real good start. I'm such a good researcher. So, on September 29th, 1978, she was hitchhiking back to her parents' house in Las Vegas. She was waiting with a few other hitchhikers, because, again, in the 70s, hitchhiking was, like, all the rage. So, she was standing around with these other hitchhikers when a man pulled over for her. He was in a van and said he was going to Reno, Nevada, but could only give her a ride to Los Angeles, which, um, apparently, like, didn't make a whole lot of sense, like, geographically. Anyway, um... Exhausted, Mary agreed as the gentleman was an older man who seemed friendly. One of the other women hitchhikers waiting with her, however, advised that she not get in as she was getting really weird vibes from him. In the I Survived episode, apparently the man said that he only had room for one person in his van, even though it was completely empty. So that's why the woman was like, hey, don't do that. Um, But Mary said that she was like so tired, so she just wanted to go home. The man was driving the man driving the vehicle was 50 year old Lawrence Singleton. While riding with Lawrence, Mary lit a cigarette and then she sneezed and Lauren asked her if she was sick, then put his hand to her neck to check her temperature, which is ew. Uh, Mary kind of pulled away because she didn't like physical touch, probably especially from an old man. Old man, he's 50, but he looks like a grandpa. Um, but she thought he was just being kind, and so she soon fell asleep. When she woke up, she realized that they were driving in the wrong direction. She immediately became alarmed, found a sharp stick in the vehicle, pointed it at Lawrence, and demanded that he turn around. Lawrence calmly apologized for the error, stating he was, quote, just an honest man who made a mistake. Mary was satisfied with his answer, so she allowed the ride to continue, um, but shortly after, Lawrence pulled the car over, stating that he needed to pee. Both got out to stretch their legs, and Mary bent over to tie her shoe. In the I Survived episode, Mary says that she had like a weird feeling and wanted to run, but she knew that she needed to tie her shoes if she was going to get away from this guy. Because she was like, I can outrun him, obviously, um, but not if my shoes are untied. So while she was bent over, Lawrence struck Mary in the head with a sledgehammer knocking her unconscious, which makes me my head hurt so bad just thinking about it. Um, when she regained consciousness, shockingly, uh, Lawrence had tied her up and was raping her. He told her that if she screamed, he would kill her. Um, he drove for a while before coming to a stop, cut her hands free, then made her drink some alcohol before he continued the assault. He raped her all night, and when she eventually regained consciousness again, Lawrence ordered her to lie on the side of the road. Mary begged him to let her go, stating, quote, just set me free, please just set me free, end quote. Lawrence then replied, quote, you want to be free, I'll set you free, before pulling out a hatchet and chopping off her arm, I think in the I Survive, she says that she saw him like flinging his arm around and she realized that her chopped off arm, the hand was still clutching his arm. Um, he then chopped off her other arm. Both were just below the elbow. As she's bleeding out, Lawrence thinks she's near death or won't survive, which, you know, makes sense. So he throws her off a 30-foot embankment down into a ravine before driving off and leaving her to bleed out. Mary is left nude, unconscious, and bleeding to death. So let's talk about Lawrence Singleton. Let's talk about this piece of shit. He was born July 28, 1927, in Tampa, Florida. He worked as a merchant seaman. Um, He had previously been convicted of contributing to the delinquency of a minor and had a history of alcohol abuse. He had recently divorced from his second wife and was estranged from his daughter. That's truly all I have um, for his personal life, and that's really all he deserves, um, to be told. In the I Survived episode, she states that all she wanted to do was go to sleep, but a voice in her head kept saying, You cannot fall asleep. So she put both her stumps into the mud to basically pack them and stop the bleeding and somehow mustered the energy to crawl up this 30-foot ravine. It took her all day to climb up from the ravine, and she was in the middle of nowhere. So she started walking literally by the light of the moon on this rural road. She said that she could hear the sounds of traffic, which was the I-5, so she just walked towards that, and, you know, she's basically, she's in, like, the desert, like, this is no man's land, like, nobody's driving by, she, uh, so she walked with both arms straight up to help prevent any further blood loss. Eventually, a car approached, slowed down, saw this terrifying sight of Mary naked, covered in blood, and missing two arms, and the car immediately drove away. Um, The car was containing two men, and she said that she did not blame the two men because she looked scary as fuck, like something straight out of a horror movie. Thankfully, a couple on their honeymoon got lost and ended up driving by her. They stopped and immediately wrapped her in towels, placed her in the car, and sped to the highway. Um, I think in the, I survived, she said that like they covered her up. She laid down in the back, like the back seat or whatever and like passed out and she could like hear the car like speeding up. Um, she had walked a total of three miles before being rescued. So while in the hospital, Mary immediately started working with the police and gave the description of Lawrence for a composite sketch. She even insisted on postponing any rest so she could give them the sketch. The composite sketch was so detailed and so accurate that Lawrence's next door neighbor recognized him and called the police, which go neighbor. Lawrence was arrested immediately. Uh, Mary then underwent major surgery and was fitted for prosthetic arms She recounted that they had to take parts of her leg to save parts of her right arm, and then Mary was released from the hospital one month later. So six months later, Mary faced Lawrence in court and gave a chilling testimony about her attack and survival. Lawrence, however, claimed that Mary was a sex worker. Um, He actually... Yeah... Okay, Lawrence, however, claimed that Mary was a sex worker and denied that he ever committed the crimes. He said that someone else had been in the car and Mary had threatened him, a 15-year-old girl threatened him uh, with false accusations. He referred to Mary as a, quote, $10 a night whore, which is fucking disgusting. And I want you to Google this man. I mean, I'll post him on Instagram and the Facebook page. He is so slimy looking, he like he's revolting even if he was like a nice guy he's just something mm, okay so mary still stood up and testified against him only referring to him as quote my attacker lawrence was sentenced to the maximum sentence at the time which was let's pause let's think about this he kidnapped her assaulted her physically and sexually and left her to die. So, rape, kidnap, attempted murder. You got a number in your head? Okay. 14 years. He was sentenced to 14 years. For all those charges, these were the charges, by the way attempted murder, forcible rape, forcible oral copulation, kidnapping, sodomy, mayhem with a deadly weapon. He got 14 years. The jury actually found that he had not used a deadly weapon or inflicted great bodily harm um, or great bodily injury during the kidnapping. Um, okay, but then when I read further, it says that he was granted three years for inflicting great bodily harm. So I'm or great bodily injury. So I'm not really sure. But if that is true, that they like found him innocent on that, <laughs> I have questions. The judge residing over Mary's case said, If I had the power, I would send you to prison for the rest of your natural life. But as the maximum sentence at the time was only 14 years, there was not much else the judge could do. While leaving the courtroom, Lawrence said to Mary, I'll finish the job if it takes me the rest of my life. Naturally, the public was upset over the sentencing, and this led to the passing of the singleton bill, which prohibits early release of criminals who use torture in their crime and allowed for a 25-to-life sentence, which is like a fucking no-brainer, but at least we got there. Mary also won a $2.5 million civil case against Lawrence, but of course, she never got to collect that because Lawrence had literally nothing to his name. So that's the end of the story. Uh, Lawrence served his term, and Mary went on to live a happy and successful life. Bye! I'm just kidding, because obviously, there's no way that justice was served that way. So, uh, unfortunately, Mary had many challenges, and of course, uh, including physical, thera- or physical and emotional difficulties. She had difficulty with relationships, maintaining a job, and of course, sadly, she was unable to continue her career and passion as a dancer, because they had to use part of her leg to save her arms. Mary said that she felt isolated um, at her specialized school, and after she graduated, she moved away and became very secretive about her life, which I don't blame her. She developed an eating disorder and admitted that she had contemplated suicide but never went through with it. She did, however, become a mother of two and a very accomplished artist. She does chalk pastels and creates powerful women and, quote, the female action fingers as well as family and individual portraits, portraits that she draws, and she even created customized prosthetics for herself, including ones for like bowling, which is just so, so wholesome. Lawrence ended up only serving eight of the 14 years before being released on parole for good behavior. However, he showed no remorse and still claimed that he was innocent and had never assaulted or tried to kill Mary. So literally, what the actual fuck, because I'm pretty sure um, part of parole, I mean, I don't know, this was in the 80s now, I'm pretty sure that part of parole is like admitting to your crimes or like, um, showing like remorse for your crimes and like taking responsibility and stuff. So, uh, actually before his release, his psychiatrist said, quote, because he is so out of touch with his hostility and anger, he remains an elevated threat to others safety, uh, to others say, okay, because he is so out of touch with ho- his hostility and anger, he remains an elevated threat to others' safety inside and outside of prison. I understand the good behavior thing. And obviously we need prison reform and everything like that. But men who are sent to prison for things like rape or crimes against women or you know, shit like that. When they get released for good behavior, no fucking shit. There are no women in prison. So there's no, like, temptation, if you will. There's no way for them to, like, be... I just... I know that they're, like, meaning it in the sense that they're not, like, starting fights and they're, like, doing their shit that they're supposed to do and they're, like, listening to the guards. But, like, that's not... Like... (sighs) There's more to, like, good behavior. I I, don't Okay. So the public was, of course, not thrilled about Lawrence's release, and Mary was living in constant fear. He was initially to be released in Contra Contra Costa County in California. Say that five times fast. But no town would accept him. Contra Costa County actually won a court order that blocked his parole to Antioch or any town in that county. Then, L.A. County supervisors formally asked the state not to send him there. The Department of Corrections then attempted to send him to Florida, but the state refused to supervise his parole. So even his home state was like, absolutely not. This happened in a few other areas until it was finally decided that Lawrence would live in a trailer on the grounds of San Quentin until his parole was up. Like, nobody wanted this piece of shit. Just keep him in there. Ugh. Ugh. So this happened. Okay, wait, that's what I said. After his parole ended, he moved back to Florida where he was tried and convicted twice for petty theft. However, on February 19th, 1997, a house painter that Lawrence had hired attempted knocking on the door and calling for Lawrence without an answer. The painter entered the residence and heard a muffled, gurgling sound for help. As he walked through the house, he heard another cry for help and saw Lawrence hunched over a body on the couch. The painter immediately left the house to call his uncle, who was waiting outside, uh, or who was waiting outside the front door. Wait. Okay, sorry. The painter immediately left the house to his uncle, who was waiting outside. The man said he then ran to the front of the house and looked through the the front door window, where he saw the man, naked and covered in blood, standing over the body of a woman who wasn't moving with his hand around her neck. He then saw the man make three downward pounding motions on the woman's chest and neck area and could even hear the bones crushing. At this time, the man and his uncle finally went and called for help. That's trauma. Um, The killer was, of course, Lawrence Singleton, and he had just killed Roxanne Hayes, who was a 31-year-old mother of three, just trying to make ends meet. She had agreed to meet Lawrence for $20, Um, Lawrence claimed in court that Roxanne had attempted to take more than the agreed upon amount, which is what led to him stabbing her a total of seven times. The jury luckily didn't buy his bullshit story and took four hours to deliberate before finding him guilty and convicted him of first degree murder and recommended a sentence of death. Look, I know Florida is super controversial right now, but one thing you can count on there, (laughs) they're like, just end it. Um... Mary also came to testify against Lawrence in this uh, in in the, his murder trial of Roxanne Hayes, which is badass nation. Uh, and on April fourteenth, nineteen ninety eight, Lawrence was officially sentenced to death. He spent three years in prison on death row before dying of cancer at the age of seventy four, which makes me s- upset because I I at least hope that the cancer was horrible. I hope that it ravaged every single part of his body and rotted him from the inside out. Mary eventually found the Mary Vincent Foundation, which helps other survivors of violent crimes. And like I said, she had designed and customized different prosthetic arms because she couldn't afford high-end ones. She made them from parts of the refrigerator and stereo systems and taught herself how to draw with these prosthetic arms. Mary said that before her attack, she couldn't even draw a straight line, but something from the inside woke up after her attack. She has made numerous art pieces, and she has sold them and does dozens of portraits for commission. She became a victim's advocate and delivers motivational speeches, and is just an otherwise amazing survivor. And that is the story of Mary Vincent. Oh my god. Oh no. Wait. Okay. Sorry. I thought that I missed an entire page, but it was just the beginning again. Um... Yeah, I don't really have much to say after that. Like I said, this is uh, just such an amazing case, and I think about it a lot. You should definitely watch the I Survived episode. She is just so powerful and just, I don't, I don't, I can't even think of the words. I think she's in one of the first few episodes, but just Google I Survived Mary Vincent and it'll pop right up. Also, I Survived is just such an amazing show. I love it so much, and I wish they had kept making more of them. But anyway, um, that is all I have for you today. If you have any true crime cases that you want me to cover, or weird medical cases, or just weird shit in general, send an email to that'sinsanepodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have, like, I don't know, weird experiences, or like you've had a weird medical finding or something, I don't know, and and you want to share it, then send it, uh, send it my way. I want to, I want to hear about it. Um, But otherwise, you can follow me on Instagram at that's underscore insane underscore podcast. I'm also on Facebook at that's insane podcast. And then I do not have a that's insane TikTok, but you can follow Aurelia May Makeup on TikTok if you want to watch me do my makeup while I tell these stories in like little one minute clips. Uh, That would be super cool if you wanted to show your support. But is that all? I think that's all. So until next time, bye.